Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Pleased to have you with us for Wednesday Workshop. This is where we break down Wednesday slate. We do it almost immediately after the games. Lines come out on Tuesday night. I'm joined by Raheem Palmer, professional better, analyst extraordinaire. Raheem, what's good? Life is good. I can't complain. Coming off that 5-0 week in the NFL. Hopefully we Ooh. keep things rolling in the NBA. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, gr- I grinded out a plus night last night for my fourth in a row. So I'm still trying to keep keep it going. Uh, let's go ahead and let the listeners know that if you want to watch this as soon as it comes out, if you listen to this on the podcast, check us out on YouTube every Tuesday at 7 o'clock Eastern. We go live on the Action Network YouTube page. You can follow us on Twitter uh, at Action Network HQ. You can follow me on Twitter at HP Basketball and Raheem at DJR2. That is a... Was that, was that less... Dorky, when I said, like, I'm trying. Nah, that, was, that was cool. That was cool. All right, all right, right, right. Uh, I was listening to a lot of Jay-Z yesterday. Anyway, uh, so I, um, we're going to go ahead and get started with the Wednesday workshop. No more messing around. We're just going to go ahead and started. Raheem, what's your best bet? We're going to go under on the Denver Nuggets, New Orleans Pelicans. When you look at these two teams, they're not very fast-paced teams. Look, the Nuggets, they're... 29th in pace when you look at their offensive length and possessions, and they're 27th. When you look at the Pelicans, they're 18th in pace. They're 22nd in offensive length and possession. Look, the Pelicans are 29th in half-court offense. They don't have a good defense, but neither of these teams really get out there in transition. When you look at the Pelicans specifically, they're 25th in three-point shooting. They're 29th in field goal percentage at the rim. They're almost bottom five in scoring at every percentage at the at every place at the rim. The, the Nuggets score pretty well until you get to their bench units. So I think this total is just a little bit too high. I make this this total where I have it. I have it around 208 and a half. So at 215, 216, where you see in the market now, I think it's just too a little bit too high. We need a challenge button for the show. I need I need a <laughs> challenge button because I would be hitting it for to, to go ahead and challenge you on this one. Um, I'm going the over. On this. So I've got it at 216. Let me make the case for you. Cause this is a, that's our whole thing is we talk about the process on Wednesday workshop. All right, let me make the, the case for you. The Nuggets have one of the best defensive starts in the NBA. They were the number one defense for the first three weeks of the season. In the last two weeks, guess where they rank in defensive efficiency? They are 29th. Ooh. They are 29th. New Orleans in that same span is 23rd while 29th on the season. So they've gotten a little bit better, but they're still really bad. On the season, the Pelicans are 26th in offense, but in the last two weeks, they're 16th. The Nuggets are 17th on offense for the season. Last two weeks, 10th. This is where it be a cleaning the glass dot 
Um, if we also look at, we, we start to break down what's the schedule adjusted numbers for these teams, the Pelicans obviously are going to come out really, really bad because they're a garbage team. And that's kind of apparent without Zion, but getting Brandon Ingram back has given them a pretty healthy boost there. They've faced the 10th toughest schedule in terms of their defenses. So maybe the defense is better than expected. They've also faced the second toughest offensive strength of schedule. What that means is they faced better defenses than most of the teams in the league. So the Pelicans have been up against it. The Nuggets, meanwhile, have gotten a really big boost, I think, on the defensive end from who they've played. They just played some Eastern Conference teams. The Nuggets have not been the same because of their injuries. They're exhausted, Raheem. They're having to play such a short rotation, and that's led to a lot of problems on the defensive end. Like, um, I, I Now, I'll say this. I think there's an equal impact on the fatigue on the offensive end. Like Will Barton looks like all his jumpers look short to me. It looks like Will's just because Will had to play huge minutes with Jokic out. The trend that I kind of thought was going to persist was that when Jokic came back off of injury, I thought the totals would start going back down again because Jokic has been so good defensively this season. However, the Nuggets, this is like a very, this is a weird stat, but it's also, I think, a really important one. Um, At the rim, This season, the Denver Nuggets are giving up the 30th ranked percentage at the rim. Opponents shoot 66.4% there. Did you say that the Pelicans don't shoot a lot at the rim? No, I said I said they don't they're they're 29th in opponent and and field goal percentage at the rim. So they're shooting 58.6 at the rim. I think they're about middle of the pack in terms of shooting at the rim. So for me, it's just like you're middle of the pack and shooting at the rim and you're not really scoring that well at the rim. It's just tough. I mean, when you, when you're looking at a slower paced game, because these teams aren't really running like that. And then also you did mention that the Nuggets are struggling defensively, but offensively they're a mess too. They only put up 102 points on that magic team. Like outside of their game against the Knicks, the last two, three games, they haven't been scoring. So it's, this is a tough one. This is, this may be one that I actually want to monitor the markets in, but for them to open up this total at 216, 215, and both of these defenses are struggling, it kind of brings me pause. So here's like an interesting one. I like the the offensive pass, the offensive and defensive possession length on dunksandthrees.com. Um, I like that one as like a maybe a little bit stronger indicator of pace than even possession lengths, right? Because this actually tells you how long does each possession take for these teams. Denver is 27. That's predictable. The Denver, the Nuggets do play at a really slow pace. You're right. Um, the Pelicans are 22nd. However, on defense, this is an interesting one on defense, the Pelicans give up the eighth fastest. So you just basically go up and you get an easy bucket versus the Pelicans. The Nuggets though, will slow it down. Like they won't go into that. Even if the Pelicans were to give them easy stuff, the Pelican, the, the Nuggets will walk the ball up and really kind of grind on defense. Denver's also taking a long time too. Like, I, I, I think this is a tight one. I do just kind of lean to it because the number is only 215. Like we're talking about, like I've got the Pelicans. I actually have the Pelicans as a slight. I like, I'm going to be betting the Pelicans in this game. Um, the line is Pels are two and a half point dogs. I have them as favorites because the Nuggets um, offense has struggled so much this season and their defense is starting to tail off as well. Like the injuries, the bench is a big part of this too. Their bench is a dumpster fire. Like I think that's kind of like the concern here. I have to look it up and see what the difference is between the pace for the Nuggets with Jokic on versus Jokic off because the bench unit has like the worst defensive rating in the league for the Nuggets. And I kind of wonder if that's like, 
if we were talking about two distinctly different units here, like the majority of the minutes will be with Jokic on, right? Like he's going to play like 34. So you could still hit this under if the, the Nuggets just grind it down and play good defense and the Nuggets are super efficient, but don't put up a big number in the Jokic minutes. But I think that that's the concern is that you're going to get hit with a bench unit flurry because like the Nuggets were literally up 10 last night versus the Bulls. Jokic went to the bench. He comes back in at the eight minute mark of the second quarter. It was a six minute rest. Game's tied. But they have a 10 minute lead, a 10 point lead in six minutes. And that's like the game. The game pretty much ended on Jokic going to the bench in the third quarter. Like they were up one and then he went to the bench. And then before you know it, the game is is over. They, They were down double digits. So. This, this is a tough one. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Nuggets have a 96.89 pace with Jokic on the court. Wow, this is interesting. They're actually slower with Jokic off the court. With Jokic off the court, they're playing 96.71. So it's about the same, but slightly slower. This is a great one for us to debate. We gotta, we're going to put a side bet on this off air. You and I are going to put a side bet on this just as like to test out the different theories on this. All right, what's your second best bet for Wednesday? My second best bet is I'm going over 225 on the Nets and the Rockets game, my model actually makes this game much lower. But yep. when I look at this Nets defense, I don't, I think the, the metrics are kind of capturing something that I don't, I don't know if the metrics are necessarily capturing the, the true strength of this defense. And when you look at the Rockets over the last couple of weeks, they're actually scoring some points. The Rockets over the last two weeks are, are third in offensive rating. They're, they're scoring 119 points per 100 possessions. And you see that factor into their totals. They've gone over three straight games and I'd say five out of their last six. And it all started in their game against the Bulls. So clearly they're doing something different. You got the Nets on the back-to-back. They're coming off a game against the the Mavericks. So I don't know if the defensive intensity is going to be there. This is a team that's, you know, going like they're planning to win a championship this year. So I, I think this is a game where they probably come out and just try to outscore this team. And they should have no problem scoring on this this Rockets defense, which is just 19th in defensive rating. So I'm really expecting a shootout. So I don't want to play this now. We don't know who's going to be in or out tomorrow. But I think I want to actually sit down and wait, see where this number goes. But I'm looking over. So make sure that KD and Harden are playing. Yes. Basically, and then go over. If they don't play, we expect we we think the total will drop, right? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Is there value if they don't play? It was just taking the over because it's going to be like Patty Mills and and whoever and like like the Nets are just going to run up and, and shoot threes. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm thinking, and I just okay. don't see. Obviously, you lose KD, you're probably losing one of your better defenders. You're losing a seven footer who he could play center if they, if they wanted him to. So I, I like the over. Obviously, I mean James Harden could go out there and you put him as long as you got shooters around him. Obviously, Joe Harris isn't playing, and team's going to have some efficient offense. So I like the over either way. So I am fading my model though. My model makes this game 219, but I, I just don't, I don't think the Nets defense is nearly as good as what the metrics say. Uh, as a reminder every week, um, Raheem's models and I, my model and Raheem's are very, very different. Mine's based basically, I'm trying to project out how are the teams, how are the teams going to match up in the half court? How are they going to match up in transition? And then what's like the net result of that based off of how often those teams do there. So it's a little bit different. Raheem's is more stable. It's more tested and those kind of things. I also have the under though. I've got radically under because my model still loves the Nets defense. It's basically like it, it this, my model indicates that like the Nets are a defensive juggernaut and are offensively limited. And that's not really who the Nets have been over the last couple of weeks. Now the Nets are still 12th in defense over the last couple of weeks on, um, on clean the glass, but 
they're up to eight in offense. Like they started to get their offense going at the same rate and they're still getting enough stops. What I think is kind of interesting here. Um, Houston's third in offense the last two weeks. So do you remember you, you caught on to this, you saw a quote online from one of the beat writers, for the Hawks that said that, that, that Trey young was like, we got to speed up the pace that like we got to play faster. And so you started, you hit some overs on the Hawks after that to success. This is a case where after Houston basically removed Daniel Tice and went to a small ball five out option, their offense has absolutely taken off. Now, some of that's also Jalen Green has been out and the rookies had a hard time running the team. They've had to play more veterans in order to balance out the backcourt along with KPJ. So they're making, I think, I think their backcourt is just running offense better and getting easy looks. Christian Wood's been insane. So we got the Rockets, who I think are going to put up a big number, but the Rockets still defensively in this last two weeks are only 19. So I agree with you. I I think the biggest, maybe to simplify this, the reason you and I are both going to be on the under here or the over rather is that the early season numbers don't reflect who these teams are right now. And there's been like actual changes in the makeup of the Rockets, which will improve their offensive performance. Um, I did see on Action Network HQ, our Twitter page, we had a post about the Nets and they've actually really struggled recently as a favorite on the road. They have not done great in that spot. I will tell you, I'm going to be on the Rockets in this game uh, against the spread as well. Like that's going to be a play for me. They haven't played well on the road. Um, and this is a six and a half point line on a back to back. I'm going to go ahead and bet it now. I like it fine. If Harden and Durant play, if Harden and Durant do like there's added value here, if Harden and Durant do sit right, if they rest one of them, you're this line's going to go all the way down to what? Like four and a half, three. Like if it's KD, this line moves to like three and a half. Oh, so yeah, doubt. I'm going to go ahead and take two possessions uh, on Houston here. Uh, you got anything else on the Wednesday slate? I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics. And this is just a strict fade of this Clippers team. This, not, this, this number's not wildly available, but Celtics are laying two and a half against the Clippers. Same building. I, I really don't like this Clippers team at all. Really? The offense is just completely dropped off a cliff. They're scoring just 107 points for 100 possessions. What's the yeah. total on this? The total on this game is 215. And you're taking, you, you, want the, you want the Celtics and the points here. Yeah, I want the Celtics, right? I, I, I think they're actually laying points. I, I think that's the that's the right move. My model actually has this game of pick them, but I think the Celtics are a much stronger team at this point. I, I watched that Celtics, I watched that Clippers team struggle against the Blazers with no Dame and CJ. And this Clippers team, right now, offensively, they're a complete mess. <laughs> like, they take tough shots. They, they can't score consistently. So I'm just going to strictly fade them here. So just because this isn't up at, uh, this is only up a, a few books when we did this, the Celtics are two and a half point favorites on the road versus the Clippers. Yep. Whoo. Whoo. Yeah. I'm going to be on the Clippers on this one. We're, we're against each other twice. So wait, this is, is this two plays that you're going against your model? Yeah. Ooh. I'm going, I'm, I mean, as of right now, that's, that's where I'm, I'm leaning do towards. It. I know you do it from now, every, every now and then, but that is, uh, that, I mean, that's interesting here. I, I guess, I guess here's the thing. You could look at that Clippers team and say, okay, they they struggled with the Blazers without Dame and CJ. That's a letdown spot, I think, when there's that. Like, you look across the court and you're like, no Dame, no CJ. We got this. Come on now. And then Yusuf Nurkic has a career night and then gives up the flagrant foul that allows the Clippers to basically cover that game. Um, as but even before, I mean, they got blown out twice by Sacramento. But it's not, it's not but really they hung a- with the Warriors in the first game of the season. And they've they've had other moments where they've actually... They've beaten good teams. 
look at the last, let's, let's look at the, what is this? One, two, three, four, five, last six games. They lost okay. to the Warriors by 15. They got blown out by the Pelicans. They got blown out by the Kings. They okay. beat the Lakers, got blown out by the Pelicans, I mean, by the Kings again, came back, made it a game, and then they struggled with the Blazers. So which, which one of these teams are, are in better form right now? But, do I, we th- but here's, the th- here's a question. Do we think the Clippers are worse than the Kings or Pelicans? I don't think that they're worse than them, but I think right now, offensively, they just don't have it going. I watched that second Kings game. They were in a penalty. They had the lead for most of the half, first half. They were in a penalty for, I'd say, half a quarter. And instead of driving to the basket, they're just taking tough jump shots. And right. you have a, a, a Boston defense, which is their sixth in defensive rating. And over the last couple of weeks, they're seventh in offensive rating. So they're getting their offense going. I just think this, the, the Celtics team is just in better form. And I think that number, it actually kind of shows that. So kind of got to take it. I can't follow you here. I'm probably going to be on the Clippers. I like, I like that I'm going to be on, on opposite sides of you. We Usually we're in agreement. So I like that we're on opposite sides. I'm trusting my number because I've got this as Clippers' favorite with the home court advantage. So this will be an interesting one. Uh, my singular addition to the show um, for this week is going to be, uh, I like the Cleveland Cavaliers minus two and a half versus the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Bulls are without DeMar DeRozan. This number reflects that. I have the Cavs as a three-point favorite full strength. So even with the, like before DeMar, I've got this Cavs minus three. I'm getting even like, let's put, let's put DeMar, let's estimate him at two points on this, on the line. So I'm getting three points of value here or, or two and a half points of value here on the number. Uh, I like the matchup for the Cavs as a defensive team. They have been extremely patient in terms of how they approach things offensively. I think that that's going to be a big stat or a big key in this is that the Bulls like to get you rushed and get you uncomfortable. The Cavs have been remarkably patient. They've been really good on that end. Um, There's no, the only indicator that I have that that's kind of concerning, the Cavs are 29th in turnover rate. So they're turnover heavy. The Bulls create absolute havoc in terms of defense and they're great in transition. So that's an issue. However, I do think the Cavs have enough without DeRozan there to be able to keep up offensively. The Cavs numbers also offensively, I think are a little bit slanted because you've missed Mobley. Uh, you've had, you had time without like all three of the bigs missed at one point. They need those bigs. Chicago's so small right now with where they're at. Like it's Vooch, but then like the second unit is Tony Bradley. They play Javante green, big. Sometimes they play small ball units. I like what the Cavs are going to be able to do on both ends of the floor. I think especially like I'll be looking for the under in the spot because I do think that the the Cavs match up really well um, with the Bulls on the defensive end. I have this model under as well by about five points. It's a low total anyway. So I'm going to be on the under and I'm going to take the Cavs minus three at home versus Chicago without DeRozan. What do you think? I love this play. And I actually, this was something I actually thought of, but I kind of wanted to wait. Obviously, losing DeRozan is, is huge for this, this team right now. I think DeRozan might be an MVP candidate. He's put 26 points per game, four assists, five rebounds. The, the Bulls are 5.7 points per hundred possessions better with him on the court. And then you also look at the fact that Alex Caruso actually might not be playing. He's doubtful for tomorrow's game. Yeah, he's banged Javon- up. J- Javante Green is out. Kobe White is out. Obviously, Patrick Williams is out for the season. So this is a real shorthanded Bulls team. And as you mentioned in your piece on the Action Network, the Cleveland Cavaliers are their team that you want to buy in on. I think they're a playoff team. 
I think as we spoke on the Action Podcast the other night, on the Buckets Podcast the other night, Cleveland's actually in my top 10 teams as far as power rating. Like, this is probably the best non-LeBron Cavs team since Terrell Brandon was out there <laughs> with, <laughs> with Dan Marley. So I like this play a lot. I agree with you on under. My model makes this game 205. I wanted to wait on it. That's why I didn't, I didn't give it out, but I really like this play. It's going to be a really interesting game from the perspective of the Cavs are top 10 in transition defense. The Bulls are the number one team in transition offense. So a lot of it's going to be if the Cavs turn the ball over and they and they don't get back, then that's the only way the Bulls, I think, can hang in this because I do have them as about a, the Cavs is about a point and a half better in the half court in this game. So it'll be an interesting matchup. I'll go ahead and take that. Let's go wrap it up for the Wednesday edition of Buckets. Make sure to download Buckets. Subscribe wherever you did listen to podcasts. Check us out every Tuesday at 7 Eastern on YouTube for the live show of this podcast. Check out the Action Network app. The award-winning app helps track your bets. You'll be able to find all these plays from Raheem and I in the Action Network app. Until then, we'll see you again on Friday for our Friday happy hour on Buckets. Hope you guys have a great week. Let's get buckets.